But what was weird though is that it was recording on GarageBand. I can see it spike, huh. but it was not going but through not. The Zoom. Yeah. yeah, technology. It's great. Uh, <sighs> you know what else is great, Mike? Uh, is that we have the same exact background. Yeah, I just have mine uh, mirrored. It's that's all. Let's just. I, while we were having technical difficulties, I was like, "How do you take a screenshot on Mac?" Because I just had it. You know, it's a perfect grid of yes. uh, the shop around the corner. Yes, absolutely. It's got to be the first time we've had the same. Well, you know, I think we both, you know, you, you can't have anything that's dead center because your head's going to cover it. So you need to be. Yep. You know. That's right. Have them, that's uh, right. Jimmy Stewart and Sullivan, Sully, creating spacing for the podcasters, you know. That's right. Yes. Very, very important. Yes. It's the Christmas rush and two bickering gift shop clerks don't know it yet. But they're really in love. Why do you hate me so? I don't hate you. Oh, I suppose you love me. Oh, why should I? What have you done to make me love you? Well, I don't want you to love me. Oh, I don't. Jimmy Stewart and Margaret Sullivan star in the fast and witty romantic comedy. My trouble is what one might call psychological. Oh. Tis the season to fall in love. The shop around the corner. I'm going to admit right now. Okay, so I'd never seen... The shop around the corner, um, mm-hmm. because any inkling or any notion that I would have to watch it, I would just rewatch You've Got Mail yes. instead. Yes, that's what would be the holdup. Yes. Um, the setting, Budapest. Was yeah. Fuck? Okay. Uh, okay. So, can we talk that's about a, that's that? A hold up for me. <laughs> well, the strangest thing is, like, they almost like don't mention it like like you see the writing literally the writing on the wall right mm-hmm. you see like above the shops but everyone and their currency you know yeah, yeah but it use. very clearly feels like i don't know like new york like it just the way everyone's acting and their speech patterns and i love that they don't bother <laughs> yeah it's something that is so obviously uh you know if you're taking the source material and that's where it was set but you're gonna cast Margaret Sullivan and Jimmy Stewart, you just move it to the States. So what, what difference does it make? It's all on none, stage anyway. None. As you've got mail uh, approved, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. The the more improved version, obviously. <laughs> um, so that was that was part of my, my holdup. Um, and now I'm, I'm somewhat kicking myself because I, I thoroughly enjoyed yeah, this. Of course. I do have to, if you're a you've got mail enthusiast such as myself, you might need to try to put the scenes out of your head that they do because yeah, apparently yeah. Nora Ephron and her sister were uh, big fans because they tried to replicate some clearly of the same, yes. <laughs> uh, even some of the same like pacing of the mm-hmm. uh, the dates and the uh, the best friend who would go on to be played by Dave Chappelle in of weird casting. People. When I was watching, I was watching this old man who's the buddy, and then I was imagining Dave Chappelle, and I'm like, it, look, the Dave Chappelle thing was weird anyway. In '98, him hanging yes. out with. Tom Hanks was never the most natural fit, uh, but whatever. More natural uh, than him hanging out with Jimmy Stewart, but just barely. That's... Yeah, yeah. I mean, because <laughs> of time and death. But um, Dave, you have been known on this podcast to recommend movies to me where suicide is a motivating plot point. What the fuck? What the fuck? That was not in You've Got Mail. It was not. <laughs> there was no suicide attempt. And I will tell you, um, I also had never seen this movie, so okay. this was not this was not on purpose. Uh, but that thought did cross my mind as this happened. 
on screen i was like fuck i cannot i cannot win like every time even i'm like oh the movie that spawned you've got mail jimmy stewart it'll be a nice wholesome family time at the theater but of course there there has to be a suicide because it's a movie i recommended even if i've never seen it just has to happen that way so you know it's the, the life of uh, leather goods is stressful it's it's glengarry <laughs> glen yes. shop around the corner around here yes clearly so i hate to do this mike but i have to you've got mail is better you've yeah, got mail is yeah, better is. than this movie and yeah. here's here's why um the suicide i mean we well, covered that the attempted suicide no no more suicide. it needs more that's no um <laughs> Trying to fall in love here. Jesus I Christ. don't. I don't think you get a good grasp in this movie of anything from her perspective. It's it's almost all from his perspective, and you just see her yes. kind of acting out, right? And mm. it asks you to take some leaps um, for for you to believe in this love story. I think it still works, and I think it's like a genuinely fun, good romance. But the great thing about you've got mail is that you get both sides. Even though, you know, FOX and all that stuff, you got this guy who's supposedly the the big evil corporation. You start to see him when they're – because I think a lot of it is you see the letters being written and you've got mail. Here, all that has basically already happened and when it happens again, it happens off screen. Um, And I kind of wish we had those moments so you could see them separately together. Right. This like dream relationship that they have both made up in their head with this person that they've never met. I would have liked to have seen that, whereas this just takes the shortcut and then you get into all the drama of of this shop for some reason. And that stuff is like entertaining and fun, but almost feels like it's a completely different movie than this romance we're watching. Yeah, I mean, the the most you get out of uh, it really does like. Even though you've got mail uses their the the warring businesses, the independent bookseller versus like you know, in the nineties I guess Barnes and Noble. Although now I guess Barnes and Noble would be champion just for they won. On. Like, Tom Hanks wins. <laughs> <laughs> but now they're the scrappy underdog to Amazon Tech right, Night, So right. <laughs> um I was surprised that this one is more into the business dealings of the shop, yeah. whereas You've got mail. That's the reason that they can't be together. Uh, Tom Hanks finds out, like, oh, I've I've ruined this woman professionally, possibly financially. That's going to be a big hill to climb when I reveal that <laughs> I've been writing these sweet nothings over AOL. Um, but here, most of the drama is about the uh, business owner himself, and he has a wife right. that he finds out is having an affair. He starts to suspect that it's Jimmy Stewart. Uh, they start to quarrel uh, and make everyone uncomfortable, all the other coworkers. Yes. I will say one other point for You've Got Mail. I mean, it's bad when you come in and say that because I'm just going to be like, that's, of course. That's your role, yeah. Um, Sorry to step on your toes. <laughs> perhaps too many characters in this that, like, there are a couple of them, a couple, especially the women that are not Margaret Sullivan, mm-hmm. that are not very well used. And I right. do feel like in You've Got Mail, you know, you have Steve Zahn in the background, pinch hitting i've already mentioned Chappelle. like some of the secondary characters there's not a ton of screen time but what they utilize them for is very pointed very specific moments of uh right. of, of the zon coming in although i say that and as a 
as a you've got male enthusiast again uh i remember reading that he was not happy with the end result of that film that uh <laughs> going forward from you've got male steve zahn would only take roles where his character was central to the main plot because all oh, of his stuff got cut out that that just dealt with his character and it sounds like his stuff leaned more into the shop around the corner because do you remember the uh, the thread of them suspecting Greg Kinnear, uh, Meg Ryan's first lover in that film, as being yes. uh, the Unabomber, or like, a, and there was like a serial <laughs> yeah. killer, that's and right. then they yes. think, well, maybe that's why her mysterious man stood her up because he's a serial killer. Steve Zahn apparently had a whole subplot where he was like trying to find the serial killer. You can see why this got cut out because it's like, what right. what are we doing like, here? What are we doing? Well, I think Steve Zahn has given up that rule because I just saw him in a truly shitty. Uh, rom-com where he's a side character that doesn't matter. Your Place or Mine, that Ashton Kutcher, Reese Witherspoon, Netflix Uh, movie, it's... Straight it's to Netflix. So he's he's straight to video territory anyway. You know, he's he's cashing right. the check, but you knew what you were getting into. <laughs> that dog. Um I will say that yeah, other than filling out the shop so the owner can bitch about his financial troubles, like I pay six of you, six of you, and I just need you once a year to to make a, a nice, you know, window uh decoration. That's to all to work overtime uh, with no warning. <laughs> like come on, man. Yeah. Yeah, kind of um, shitty. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't feel too uh, great about him, especially the way he was, you know, treating Jimmy here. Um, he's not the most intuitive <laughs> man because no. you do have the ultimate um, Lothario, <laughs> like yeah, just who, the with the ass. accent and the, you know, he's got the whole thing yeah. going on, the whole European Eddie Haskell thing. We're uh, <laughs> just, you know, totally just stabbing you in the back and just obnoxious. Um, but most of it is about the the owner and his relationship to Stuart, uh, because any sort of um, rivalry that the you know two people who want to see fall in love may have, it's kind of over with quickly. Like she gets the job, and they just kind of slightly annoy each other. You know, that's that's about right. the extent of it. Like it, there's not a lot for them. They're not working in different bookstores or different leather goods shops. It's just like a coworker that you're like, yeah, he kind of grates on my nerves because I've spent time with him eight hours a day, but I guess he's okay. That's actually kind of my my only problem, really, with the movie. Because, you know, I, when you talk about a movie in a podcast like this, like, you tend to focus on the – you tend to pick, right? And you focus on some of the negatives because it's not well, interesting. It's 99%. Right, exactly. It's, it's not interesting to be like, yeah, this movie is really good, just like everyone else said. Like, <laughs> what else do you want me to talk yeah, about? Yeah, because I, I really enjoyed it. Like, it, it yes. was – you know, I make fun of the <laughs> – the your your penchant for suicide material but it did catch me off guard where i'm like oh shit like i don't know if a modern movie goes there without it being like, no way you know, this is no a way. dramedy i mean this is still a light comedy and all of a sudden thank god yeah. uh the you know original doordasher comes in <laughs> and uh manages to yes. get himself promoted to you know a, a stationary job in the office um but yeah, I mean, we're not. I would not be the. I see. There's one rotten review. <laughs> I think it came the time. Is of this an Arbon White? Is this? <laughs> no, no. I thought it was going to be. It is uh, from the Winnipeg Free Press back in oh. 1940. So, oh, those damn Canadians uh, just ruining everything. <laughs> I, I guess so. I thought they were supposed to be nice, but I, you know, they were filling their oats. Uh, that yes, day. apparently. Say, so my only issue with it is like they build up this whole thing about I can't stand her and I can't stand him. But they don't actually work for it. 
Like, it's like you hear one of them say to someone else, yeah, I can't stand them. But you don't, you see very little of their interaction. And I do wish you would have seen that. I wish you would have seen that build, you know, easy to compare it to You've Got Mail because that's the same basic story structure based on the same short story or novel. But that you see them interact in these two separate ways, one online where they're really sweet and nice to each other and one in person, whether they're talking about one another or they have some quick interactions that you could see why one or both of them is upset. This one, I'm like, why do you hate him so much? Why do you hate her so much? I'm not sure I understand. What? Because she couldn't reach the, the box on top? Like, that's your your biggest annoyance? Like, man, that Hi, sounds just, pretty good. That Jimmy yes. Stewart. I mean, the movie closes looking at his long, skinny legs. Uh, very erotic. <laughs> yeah, that's, you got the garters, the whole deal. It's. <laughs> I mean, not to be that guy, but I did think, um, <laughs> you know, and you've got mail. I guess Meg Ryan... She was never really like a sex symbol, although she was, you know, beautiful and she was like yeah. the leading lady of the nineties. Like, but she just didn't play, you know, the, the sex spot or the femme fatale until the, uh, Jane Campion, like in the cut, I in think, the cut. Was, mm-hmm. And that was 2003 something. So it's, it's, it's after this, you know, well the peak of rom-coms, mm-hmm. um, but there is a yeah, little to be bit clear in the, in the cut, not a rom-com. Just, just want to make that clear. No, no. <laughs> I mean, my only, I, I remember, you know, I'm, I'm a caveman. I remember, like, of course, I watched every movie, so I had a right to be there. Uh, but I remember thinking, like, ooh, Meg Ryan's getting naked. All I'm right, not just, just seeing this because of that. No, I, I see, see everything. Anyway, there just happens but, to be a naked woman. That's not my fault. But I happen to be there Friday night opening weekend because <laughs> I want to be one of the first. Um,. <laughs> I have no memory of that. I don't think that movie was like particularly erotic to young Mike. No. Uh, I do remember Mark Ruffalo, I think, pissing himself. I remember him being like covered in urine and that was yeah, like... That's yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> this movie. Yuck. Jesus. Yuck. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for the... Uh, Classic rom-com trope. <laughs> <laughs> but with You've Got Mail... Uh, incredibly cute. And I would say that most people think, okay, she's more attractive than Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is the nice guy. He's funny, but he also was never like a sex symbol of any sort. Okay. But, and you've got Mill, Meg Ryan is the one, like he would be reaching for her, you know, physically. Sure. Mm-hmm. They don't do much of that. It's about, can he be like a genuinely nice guy? For That's five fucking see him? minutes. Can she see him? <laughs> and actually, they almost put it more on her. Can she just, can she drop all that bullshit, the fact that he's super rich and, you know, he just really needed to put her books around business? Can she just get rid of that tiny little thing, he says, uh, and just be attracted to him? Um, but, you know, going back to 1940s uh, talk here, there's going to be some, uh, you know, the, the movie ends with, you know, I just want to make sure that you're not bow-legged. And I'm like, what? What are we? What? <laughs> or is this like a real thing? Is this like a joke? Or is are you being true about this, Sullivan? Is this is this what you want? Like you have to check that box. Yeah. And well. he even leads with, uh, you know, when he's messing with her about like, oh yeah, I met your fiance, and knowing that she doesn't know what he looks like because it's him. He's like, yeah, he's got got a little bit of a belly, you know. Nice guy, type. That's good thing. guy. Yeah, no yeah. hair, uh, no good. hair, you know, bald, <laughs> bald, and kind of tubby. Uh, but it works for him. It's a good, you know, it suits him. <laughs> Don't you? 
Oh, yes. Yes, for his type, I'd say yes. You would uh, really classify him as a definite type? Oh, absolutely. And uh, don't you try and change him now. No, don't put him on a diet. Or... Would you call him fat? Well, I wouldn't, but of course that's just a matter of opinion. Now, personally, I think that little stomach of his gives him a nice homey quality. And that's what you want in a husband, isn't it? Oh, yes, that's what I want. Yeah, and you're perfectly right. Now, if I were a girl and had to choose between a young good-for-nothing with plenty of hair and a good, solid, mature citizen, I'd pick Matthias Popkin every time. Well, anyway, he has a fine mind. Uh, didn't he impress you as being rather witty? Well, he struck me as rather depressed. Well, of course, it's unfair to judge a man when he's out of a job. Out of a job? He never told me. Why, it shows you how sensitive he is. Of course, you have nothing to worry about. No, he feels that both of you can live very nicely on your salary. And I guess, like, the 1940 version of this, I didn't find as cute or charming. It leaned a little bit more mean-spirited. Yeah. Because of what you said, you don't have enough of the banter back and forth. Right, right. So I like the movie really, like, the romance almost being put aside. Right. It's like, I enjoy the bond that the workers had mm -hmm. that they felt like Jimmy Stewart is like, I don't know, it's like a totally thankless job now, right? Like, people used to take this shit seriously. Now we just look at this. <laughs> of course, you know, with labor being what it is, people are probably terribly underpaid. Yes. Uh, they couldn't afford the little singing cigarette box that they're trying to, like, pawn off on people. Um, but, you know, the the respect and admiration and the fact that they felt like their family was being broken up because Jimmy Stewart was being fired under the pretense that he's sleeping with the boss's wife. But yet again, maybe I'm treating James Stewart like Tom Hanks. I'm like, that's who you go to. That's who you think is the, the Fox in the hen house is Jimmy Stewart. Like, I'd, <laughs> like it, until that moment was happening, I wasn't even catching on to it. I thought, he suspects his wife of having an affair, and he's just taking it out on his employees. You're closest. He suspected. Fuck you. <laughs> this... I did. I had no idea that he, you know, that he thought Jimmy Stewart was the one-armed man. I, just, <laughs> I, I was playing catch up with this fucking thing. Uh, so the other thing I noticed about this, and I don't know if this is a positive or negative in comparing the two, is that I think, and you've got male, you've got two characters with a a lot of independence. And a lot of freedom. Both business owners, obviously, of very different size companies. And what Tom Hanks's character is kind of threatening is removing her independence, right? This is what I want to do with my life. And now this big company is coming in, putting that in danger. Removing the ties to her mother, you know, it's right. been passed down. And, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then here you have people who are slaves to the industry. Like both of them, like she's just desperate for a job, any job when she comes in. So you have, this is such a different structure. Nine years, nine years. Jimmy Stewart is just slaved away in yep. this. And not only works retail, like in the same position, like just like, bro, it's time to move on. Go across the street to the other leather goods and see if you can move up. I mean, when he's getting terminated in that very sweet letter saying yeah he should get a job elsewhere just not here it's like he started out as an apprentice and he worked his way up to clerk and i'm like <laughs> all <apprentice."> the way <laughs> to clerk wow <laughs> in nine so years <laughs> look it's like you know this is not dante and randall like hating their minimum wage existence like so we don't we don't have 
the viewpoint for why these people would cherish this. I could only compare it to something that people do love and adore. And I don't know if that was the intention of it, which was uh, specifically NBC's version of the office here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cause I do think the Ricky Gervais version, I don't think it ever leaned quite as sweet. It's it also a, didn't run as long. It's a little meaner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but because of the length and the success of that particular sitcom here in America, you had a chance to fall fall in love not only with the characters where they start to, you know, take off the sharp edges of the boss, the Michael Scott Scott version uh, over here, um, but also I think people fell in love with the monotony of these people being in this boring office job, right? So much so where I don't think us as Americans looked at it as a bad thing anymore. Like, oh, I get to I'm gonna go hang out with my kooky family, my work family, totally. Like, and even now, I've heard people say, I'd kill to work in a place like that, where your boss sucks, doesn't expect much of you, you have, you know, right. there's stability, because for whatever reason, no one ever gets fired, awesome. no one ever leaves, <laughs> everyone else sucks, and you know, it, it, shenanigans ensue, you go play basketball in the warehouse, all of that stuff. So I think that we can, you know, obviously in late stage capitalism, we can subvert anything to make it seem no longer like a prison. <laughs> <laughs> this I had a harder time with, yeah. and I, it's a credit to the charms of the actors, including the boss, including the DoorDasher, all of them, that I enjoyed hanging out with them as much as I did without really, like, it's whenever the, the film threw a dramatic curveball, like firing Jimmy Stewart from this job, where I'm like, good, you need, you should leave. Yeah. This is a good thing. You should it's go. A blessing I don't in disguise, see this as a negative, man. sir. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> By the way, did you recognize the actor who played the boss? Oh, what had he? He's in one of the something... one of the most well known films in all of American history. He is the Wizard in the Wizard of Oz. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I was like, there was something yeah. like as right as, before this. As soon as I heard his voice, I was like, uh, mm, I know that one. I've seen. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're if you're queer, you've seen that movie a hundred times. So it's like that's so immediately. Is that really like, the thing? Oh, it's, and... yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all about chosen family. It's like it's very hmm. yeah. And anything with Judy Garland, I mean, you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna get the gaze with that one. For I think sure. I missed that as well. I don't. That's you know, yeah. but that's before all of our 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 time. Like, I mean, I can see that being passed down, but like. Aren't yeah. there new icons? Is, is Julie Garland still hanging on? She, in the she, I mean, they just they just had that biopic. Uh, what two years ago uh, that won an Oscar? So oh, yeah, God, she's yeah. still. And there's a whole subplot in that movie about all of her gay friends, gay people. For a time, the 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 term was friends of Judy. Like that was a big mm. big thing so yeah that's i didn't see that movie uh so ever all, all of our gay listeners wizard out there, of oz the, uh... you've never seen the wizard of oz no not wizard of oz the, the oh the, judy okay it, what, i was Renee like wait, wait. yeah 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 but um i gotta say i don't like that uh <laughs> guys gals <laughs> trans non-binary all whatever like whoever's claiming this uh can we stop with can that we stop? You know, why <laughs> Mike is here to tell you, queer people, who you should be connected to, and it sure as shit ain't Judy Garland. Yeah, <laughs> you are because of that. Because of uh, Renee, uh, we are now enemies of Judy. We are no longer friends. Enemies of Judy. Of Judy. <laughs> Mike, you've never been more straight than this moment right here. I don't know. I think I'm still leaning non-straight by getting so upset about a movie I didn't see winning an Oscar. <laughs> no, no, and it's a movie I forgot about until you brought it up to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a 
good point. That's a good point. So here's what I find really interesting about our podcast this month, Mike. Mm. We set out to choose romances. You yes. chose Sliding Doors, which has ugly, ugly men, so failed. Yes. Um, but, but, Dave, Gwyneth did not ask either one of those unattractive dudes to hike up their pant legs and scope out their yeah i the games i'm i'm glad that that didn't happen especially with those two men me too um and this movie which is definitely more romantic i think more of a a success but you come out and you're like you know uh more interested in the work politics uh doesn't the movie seem that way too yes we put the romance on hold for such a long stretch um yeah, some it's of like it's really like, like it's like they bookend it with romance. Like yeah. you have the letters, and then you have them coming together at the end, and it's like the middle. They're like, oh, let's film a totally different movie. <laughs> like I, I feel for Margaret Sullivan when she opens her her little box at the post office and sees nothing there. Like those little brief, yeah, moments. that's a but nice it makes shot. me realize, like, oh shit, let's keep our eye on the ball. This is about them falling in love, right? We right. Gotta, we got to get back to that. Um, no, it's I I I think. Maybe I actually enjoyed my time with it more because it did throw me off so much. It was not just you know, unexpected like for sure. Recognized, yes, yeah, definitely. Uh, I did not expect to <laughs> care as much about the upward mobility of the <laughs> gopher, who then, yet again, capitalism at its finest, then gets to mistreat. I know <laughs> and shit talk the new gopher's bonus, saying that's far too much for what you're doing. It's like you just did this for years. <laughs> You were underpaid. Or like, are we <laughs> sure? Want... Are we sure this isn't set in America? Because that's a very yeah. American thing to yeah. do. Just <laughs> be like, as soon as birth you of a bootlicker, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, it's just like the folks are like, well, I I paid my my student loans, so everyone else should suffer. Like, <laughs> no, everyone else shouldn't. <laughs> that's the whole point. Let's build each other up. Nope, that you're a communist. Those people have never. That. I, I assume they have uh, never participated in anything being half off anywhere because they paid full price for their. <laughs> Could you imagine if, i'm gonna go pick it barnes and noble because i bought this for full price no one <laughs> should get it on sale <laughs> i've never heard it put quite like that but that is yeah i mean that's the same idea <laughs> think of the people in this this you know the the sullivan just swindled that poor woman and also shamed her by saying you need an item that will shame you for the amount of candy you're eating buy this so you won't gain weight right um there's a lot of fat jokes in this movie by the way it's like man like that whole like you mentioned that whole sequence like yeah you know if you like fat dudes uh it's good for you (laughs) i I don't yeah i I, I guess i just don't like this jimmy stewart saying it because it's like you're a string bean you don't you you don't say those things. Yeah. If you want to pick another. You could you could stand fine. to have some of that weight, sir. <laughs> this is there you go. You, there you go. Now you're going to shame Jimmy. That's Stewart right. I'll thin shame you. Death. That's right. That's right. You and your we, stupid why are we legs. <laughs> A movie Classic. we both enjoyed, by the way. It, it, well, and also like these stars of the golden age of cinema. I'm saying, you know, enemies of Judy and your, <laughs> your body shaming I do, Jimmy Stewart. I do love that they can't fight back. That's that's good. That's, it works out for both of us. Yeah, so this one, um, I, I see that it actually did make a list, of course, not, you know. It, even in 2012, it was like, I think, um, like, where did it rank? It was outside of the sight and sound uh, list. But for our purposes, it is number 28, Let's see if you agree with this, on AFI's 100 Years, 100 Passions. 
which I assume is just their catch-all romance. Yeah. Top 100. Do you see a lot of passion here? <laughs> Other than in the suicide attempt, like you know, that was a, that was a man who cared dearly about. What did he say? He had something really sad. Like the, there's not been a day that he's uh, ever uh, like not thought of his wife in the highest regard or right. disrespected her in any until way until today. And like <laughs> until today, and then yeah. So maybe for the boss character, I I don't know. But you know, this list also has gone with the win number two. So we you know we can't. Well, I will I say, I know you haven't seen that movie, but there's a lot more heat and a lot more passion in that movie than in this, for sure. So I can at least understand Ooh. how they got there. Vertigo is 18. Hell yeah. 16 wow. spots below the racist. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that Pretty Woman was 21? So it was seven spots. It was seven passions better than the shop around the corner. <laughs> Seven passions and better. I say yes. Like these, these shirtless in the tub. These measurements, mm. I don't understand. This is, I am nine passions better. Like yeah, I bet. I'd yeah. go higher. Yeah, if only Richard Gere was open those baby little eyes, we'd be good to go. Officer, officer, and a gentleman, twenty nine. That's the list we should be doing. What is this sight and sound nonsense? Look how much fun we could have with this. Ooh, English patient. Ah, uh, yeah, you that. don't want that. And I just did that on another show. You don't want that again. All right. So, what is uh, what is next on our? Uh, well, now what are we turning to? Now we turn back to sight and sound. Yes, um, we go to fortunately or unfortunately. I mean, we'll find out. Fortunately, it's a movie that's very short. Um, so we've okay. got that going so for us. It's a movie called Black Girl, um, which is also came out when. Actually, Ooh. probably doesn't matter. I'm a, assuming a long time ago. <laughs> not. Good things happen to our title character. Yeah. That's what I'm going to assume. I mean, that's that's probably a pretty safe bet. Um, and also a movie that is uh, in the Criterion Collection. So we know it's good, Mike. Guaranteed. Here's my question. Do you own this already? Did you already have it on the shelf? Yes, um, did. I did. Bastard. And here's the thing. <laughs> we'll get into this next time. But uh, I avoided watching this for a long time because based on the title and the cover art, I assumed it was like four hours long. Um, so I was like, oh, I'll watch that at some point when I have a free day. And that has never happened. And I realized it was only 60 minutes. I would have watched this years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was 60 minutes. That's, so, that's, a, that's shorter than in the episode of The Last of Us that I just watched before we got on. This brings up an interesting question to me. What? <laughs> what cover art screams this is a reasonable 90 minutes or less film and what cover art screams this, four hours well there's got to be like start... some violence or a weapon then i know it's like an hour and a half <laughs> a gun yeah like <laughs> cannon something like that uh this is just like a profile of a woman who's clearly in some form of emotional distress and i'm like okay we're we're in for the long haul on this one, but I was wrong. Uh, you just never know. Beautiful mind, Dave, where a cannon means it's it's 100 minutes. If it's got a cannon on the cover. <laughs> right. I mean, I just watched Plane, which was, I think, an hour and 40. So there you go. Throw some violence at the screen. You can get it. You can get that done in 90 to 110 minutes. You don't need that no two hours. could have been 20 minutes shorter. I think Plane could have been an 80 minute. It could have been not a movie. Uh, and that also would have been <laughs> fine. And also just call it something else. The worst title in years for any Plane. That's, that's not exciting. This is a preview where we're talking about very direct titles. Black Girl and Plane. Yes. Which, 
I'm, there's no other connection other than that. God, the title is could just you imagine if we point. found some <laughs> odd connection? I mean, we could. I talked about In the Cut and Ruffalo covered in piss. So, yeah. <laughs> the Office was in there at some point. You know, <laughs> there's no better, no better way to end an episode than Mark Ruffalo covered in urine. That's That's really... God, I was such a pervert in my grind. What was I thinking? <laughs> You've got mail. This is not. Nothing is. Nothing. <laughs> I bet you that's not even on 100 Years, 100 Passions. Fucking Probably bullshit. not. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> when Harry Met Sally. But when Harry Met Sally is 25, is that not too low for this? If you're doing romance in film. Yeah, that should be higher. I mean, that's, come on, man. That's. I bet Sleepless in Seattle gets ranked above You've Got Mail, just to piss you off. It's 45, so I, I don't think You've Got Mail mm-hmm. made the list. But yeah, Sleepless in Seattle is in the top 50. Yep, peeling an apple. That's hotter uh, than writing an email, Mike. <laughs> Manhattan, Woody Allen, 66. I bet you that wouldn't make the list. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> that one in particular. Yeah, um, no. <laughs> Witness with Harrison Ford, 82. Witness? Yeah, I don't man. Think of... That hot Amish sex, man. Just get it. No, I don't. <laughs> I'm going to put that in the show notes and see if we can get a few extra clicks on this. I don't think the Amish Audio are. Media. <laughs> All right. Enough of that. 